Good morning and welcome to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. I'm your host, John Sumser, and today we're going to be talking with Alan Stokowski, who is the Chief Digital Officer at Randstad North America. Good morning, Alan. How are you? I'm great. Good morning, John. How are you? Okay. Listen, listen. Um, before we get started, what are the two things you want listeners to remember from this conversation? I think I would start with you know, the, the challenge that we're all facing today and the, the challenge of finding good, qualified uh, candidates and, and talent that really fit what we're looking for as companies and as hiring managers. And how do we shift today from a market that is quickly evolving with technology and, and keep a, a human touch with our interactions that we have every day and really focus on finding the right person, um, upskilling the people that we, we bring to, to market and making sure that they stay relevant, they stay uh, focused on, on what, they're, what they're doing in their jobs. And then second, really is, is the messaging and, and our new brand promise that Ronstadt rolled out uh, last year in Q3. We, we came forward with a new brand promise of Human Forward, which we've always been a very technology and uh, human company and, and really focused on the, the blend of both technology and, and interaction. And we've really brought it to life and have focused tremendously on how do we become the best company at bringing the, the talent, but also utilizing technology where it fits and, and making sure it adds the proper value. So tell me about Ronstad. You, you, you know, in, in our conversation leading up to the show, you told me that there, the corporate headquarters in Atlanta has 800 people in it, and this is a global company based in Amsterdam, so I assume there's a world headquarters that's the same size or bigger. I don't think the brand is all that well understood in the United States, um, but you're you're a monstrous company. So so help me understand yeah. what Ronstadt is and and what you're doing in the United States. Yeah. So so in the U.S., we are the second largest uh, staffing firm and globally um, over a 20 billion euro company and uh, over four in in the U.S. Here and we have all lines of business. We, we span really the whole uh, human services uh, field from, from everything from technology, engineering, finance and accounting, healthcare, human resources, I, legal, life sciences, manufacturing, office administration, sales and marketing. I could go on and on and executive search um, as well as our MSP uh, RPO and, and outplacement businesses. So there is, is quite a broad set of skills and, and services that we provide our, our companies and, and different customers different customers. We in the in the Atlanta areas our US headquarters, um, here in, in the, the building I'm in, we have uh, almost four hundred people here and then across other offices within Atlanta and you mentioned eight hundred is another four hundred or so people. So Atlanta is, is quite a, a big market for us, a uh, growing market. And as Ronstadt's evolved, and I mentioned earlier around our human forward approach, it, it's really becoming, a, our business is really becoming a very tech-focused company. And, you know, data and technology and, and many companies you see out there are really evolving and, and going through a transformation. And, and Ronstadt's moving down that path as well. So you've done you've done amazing things. I, I, I've I've watched 
great people from the industry sort of migrating inside of Ronstadt with, with, with some interest. You you um, acquired Monster some years yeah. back. Uh, the 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 face of Ronstadt. I think I would have I think I would have pigeonholed you as a light industrial staffing firm, um, sort of competing on the ground with with manpower. But the portfolio of services that you're offering is is well beyond that profile. Um, can you give me a sense of where Definitely. you're headed? What what what, what does Ronstadt want to be? Definitely, um, and and good point, right? So we've had a few acquisitions that have brought us much closer from a technology space with Monster as well as uh, Rye Smart, a digital outplacement company that's now part of our Ronstadt Digital Ventures. And what we saw in the market about five years ago is that there's this huge transition from a technology perspective and the impact it's having uh, within our industry. And we started to invest with the Ronstadt Innovation Fund in startup companies that are really trying to disrupt our field so that we would obviously learn from them and bring in these new technologies that could be used within our lines of business and help us gain a gain an advantage and bring a competitive edge to to the company. So we're we're really going down the path of blending technology with all of our different lines of businesses and utilizing it in the best way to streamline processes, be innovative, and really put back that focus and time to our recruiters and account managers to make them more successful, help them build relationships that is really what separates, you know, separates us from others is how do we become that partner to our clients and, and really drive solutions that they're looking for as well as bring bring forward the talent. That's 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 amazing. So let's talk about the the technology stuff. In particular, Runstud is is has got a number of initiatives in um you know, I hate the term artificial intelligence. Most of what's out, most of what's out in the field is um, a, a combination of statistics and the magic that you can do with with processing that's basically free and storage that's basically free. Uh, but 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 are you doing AI? Um, and and what makes your efforts AI if you are? Yeah, and, and you know, AI. It's funny. It's it's definitely the the buzzword bingo. That's uh, probably the, the hot term that everyone is using now. And whenever I I think about AI, and and we within Ronsa, I've done a, a good bit of work in the space and and done some research, right? And and it comes back to which parts of AI. AI is a huge field. It's been around for for many many years, and some of the really what's coming to market now and the things that can be done with it now and the speed that uh, companies are using AI is really tremendous. And what we're really seeing in the market and the kind of the, the real utilization of it is around more of what, what I would call more machine learning and automation. And, and how they tie to AI is how do you use those technologies really to learn and train different uh, software, you, most likely, uh, we we all see it as chatbots, or we're seeing it as automating uh, of 
different uh, roles and different processes. But the, the, what we've really focused on, and we've got some partnerships, we've partnered with uh, Wade and Wendy and Alio from our innovation fund, and we're utilizing it today from a chatbot perspective to um, help the screening process. So understand who are the candidates that really fit a particular job and making sure that we bring the those most qualified that are you know sorted through the chatbot to the top and focus our energy on those that are most qualified for jobs. We've also used um, some AI chatbots to re-engage with candidates that we've had relationships with in the past, understanding if they're um, interested in, in a new opportunity and bringing them back into our community and, and really showing them some of the things that, that we can do. And we've really worked with partners on both of those um, individual initiatives, lots of learnings from them. And, you know, it's, it's really the beginning of AI. I think we're still just scratching the surface at what can be done. And every day I'm amazed just as a consumer as to the intelligence that uh, just happens for, from activities that you do on, your, on the Internet. It's uh, sometimes scary, but, uh, but also amazing at uh, where, where things are going and, and what the potentials are from, from an AI perspective. I, I have a hard time understanding the competence of marketing departments that allow their companies to call this stuff AI. You know, if, if you, if you go, if you listen, if you go out and you, and you talk to, I talked to a room full of recruiters yesterday and, and none of them understood what AI was a, and all of them were afraid of it. Right. And so yeah. if, you're, if you're going out into a market where you're serving an audience of people who are terrified by something and the, the, um, essence of it is that it's not really AI. It's, it's the precursors of AI. It might become AI at some, at some point in time, but this is, not, this is not technology that you can have a conversation with particularly. This is, this is decision trees and distributions of data um, to, uh, done at volume that, that, that doesn't even really mimic intelligence. It, it simply automates small bits of stuff. I'm just, I'm, I'm just astonished that <laughs> marketing people don't understand that, that by labeling it as AI, you scare people away. Um, they, they must not be reading the newspaper. Yeah, so, so as as the the chief digital officer here for for Ronstadt North America, one of my responsibilities is marketing and and recruiting strategy as as well as IT and real estate. So, I I, I, I get uh, where where you're coming from. I think we're definitely scratching the surface. We are really in the early years of of artificial intelligence. And, but it's move, the moving pace of what's being developed and what's coming out from the companies that really provide the tools to build AI platforms on is faster than, than you can imagine. The, the ability, you know, natural language processing is just one example where a couple of years ago when you would get those automated uh, calls from a, from a robot, you knew within seconds that you weren't talking to an actual person and the ability now to shift and to um, have a discussion and change 
direction within a discussion based on what the other side says, all from you know learnings and and really huge amounts of data learnings as to human behavior and human sentiment is incredible. Is it is it where it needs to be, or where where we're going to be able to really um, not tell when you're talking to a uh, let's say a bot or an artificial intelligence robot versus a person no, nowhere close? But every day we're getting we're getting closer to that, and I think the scratching the surface today with some of these process automations and chatbots that help you um, better get to know your your candidate pool, it's you know, it's tremendous, and uh, it's just going to improve over the next few years at, at a pace much faster than, than any technology has in the, in the past. Well, that's a really interesting thing, because if you, if you applied a machine learning model to artificial intelligence, what you would predict about this wave of artificial intelligence is that it would reach a crescendo, and then it would disappear for 10 years, like the last three waves of artificial intelligence. And, and so... So that that gets us to a kind of a, a a machine learning question, which is, machine learning is all about predicting the past, right? Uh-huh. Uh, machine learning can't predict the future. Machine learning simply um, is gets better and better at suggesting that what happened yesterday will happen tomorrow, and and if you applied machine learning to itself. <laughs> Um, it would suggest that this is a bad time to invest in machine learning. And so, so one of the questions that I end up having is how do you overcome the fact that, that this supposed intelligence um, is not capable of the most fundamental thing in intelligence, which is anticipation of novelty? Good point uh, there. And I think the... The anticip- all of it comes back to two pieces. One is the, the quality and cleanliness of the data that you feed it to learn from and how efficient the engine is at really uh, adjusting, right, and understanding what's the next uh, likely question or likely interaction that's going to happen so that you can anticipate it. Um, and is it there today no but i think it's it we're we're making the progress towards those those you know answers before the behavior happens and the more data what what's really evident is they get better over time the more interactions it has so that to me says if you continue at the right levels of volume of feeding it the the experiences and the the back and forth interactions with all different types of candidates and different types of users you'll get better and better every day the the, the level of accuracy is only going to improve that's i th- i think that's i think that's a a clear picture of what's happening technically now if yeah. you are a practitioner using this stuff and yeah. um it delivers to you, and what you're told is it gets better and better. How do you learn how to trust it? How do you manage it? And what are you doing wrong? So what uh, what what we've learned, right, is you have to limit the I'll call it the use case that you you look at. And I, I mentioned a couple of them earlier, and and we we started focusing on the what I'm going to call the the screening process. Um, any job today 
there, there's many applications that come into a position, and many of our recruiters spend uh, countless amounts of time of sifting through applications and resumes. And that process is just uh, just faltered by in many respects. And if you bring a, a tight process there, where you use intelligence around a few uh, job titles and a few limited uh, descriptions, and you're able to really become an expert in that space through intelligence, then from there, it grows and it becomes, you know, you, you get great at, I'm going to use forklift drivers, but then you can quickly shift from that to uh, an administrator of a database. And then you can move from that to a developer. And, and you really have to become an expert in each of them and build the trust through the learnings and include the the end users, right? So that's a huge part of our success is we bring our recruiters and our experts to the table as we're training these uh, these chatbots so that they're able to, you know, gauge viability and gain confidence that this is going to actually help them do their job. Because if they walk in and are skeptics, um, you know, obviously you won't, you won't get any traction. <laughs> It's it's quite refreshing to talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about. So, so you've also got some endeavors with um, reducing time and expense by streamlining processes. What 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 technologies are you using there? Yeah, and and that's you know again it's the the, the early stages of AI, but it's really around automation and what I would call kind of the the new rules based programming that we've been building and the automation of both back office and also front office type tasks have been done through automating different steps and the world uh, that we live in today the volume of transactions that we're processing we need to introduce automation to really help us be more efficient and focus on the exception versus the the volume and the more we can focus on any exceptions, the, the more accuracy and the better customer service we'll be able to provide. And we've been using uh, several automation tools within different uh, departments here that have really brought uh, huge efficiencies to us that really have refocused much of our teams in, in the back office especially to to handle exceptions and to be more efficient. So that's that's where we've really focused uh, our energy. And once we've seen some successes there, we're now moving into automation of front of, front of the house processes that, uh, that could really help. That's, that's interesting. One of the things I wonder about, about that kind of approach, the vision, I think you probably hear this vision, is that you can scale that almost infinitely. And, and, and what I'm reminded of is when the education unions threaten strikes, they start by working to rule. And, and so what I know about work is that the places where rules apply and the place where there is the kind of rigidity about rules that, that makes something automatable, those are not the places that add value. Those are the places that, that get in the way of adding value. But those are the places where people learn how to add value. And so, yeah. so there's this, there's this weird dichotomy, which is, which is that you take away the, you take away the ability to do the dirt under your fingernails, mundane stuff. And the question is, how do you train the people who work in that environment later on? And 
you know, it's a great point there. And, and I think what we've learned and, and where our refocus is over the last few years, we've really been on what, what we call the, the talent journey and the, the client journey and looking at personas with our, all of our, our constituents. And how do what, what we've said that's the most critical part is how do we improve our level of service? both with, with all of our constituents to customers, clients, and then even our internal employees that we work with and support. And to be able to do that, we have to free up time from those people that want to provide the best customer service from doing the administrative pieces to the customer service. And it's not a usually a huge quantifiable value add, in terms of what you're bringing in, in, in terms of revenue, but the level of customer service and the expectation that we have and we would we we strive to achieve with every every interaction, it gives us that availability uh, of time and it gives us that focus on you know scoring a five whenever we ask for a, a survey response and that's that's really our goal and giving giving the our, our end users maybe not the um, ones that impact the bottom line the most, but the ability to provide better customer service goes a long way in the end. Great, great. So yeah. workforce planning. What do you guys mean by workforce planning? There, there are a lot of different. There are a lot of different definitions for it. Yes. So workforce planning is actually a great uh, initiative that we started last year. And what we found within workforce planning and workforce scheduling is that. There is a a huge pain point today, uh, especially at some of our larger locations and, and locations that have many shifts or, or multiple, um, uh, like contact centers or industrial locations. The, the complexity of the the planning and the scheduling is is huge. And we, within our in-house business, we take that on for for our customers and commit to bringing them efficiencies, lower overtime, lower. Um, lower, uh, better attendance, and uh, less turnover. And one of the biggest challenges is making sure we have confirmed the number of people for a shift and that you're bringing forward um, vetted and ready-to-work candidates. And the the whole process was very manual, very much in spreadsheets. And we've partnered with a company called Shiftboard here in the U.S. and Plan Day in Europe, and created a product called Ronstad We Plan. And what we do within that system is we plan everything from the 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 hiring all of the right types of people to build a pipeline or, or a pool for our clients and the skill sets that they require, having them ready and vetted. And then the client can come into our WePlan software, put in a shift, look and see what talent are available to work that shift. The the talent can actually even auto-fill themselves, and we ensure that we're going to have the right number of people working at the same time the talent now have a much clearer visibility as to what shifts they're on, when they're when they punch in, what are the hours that they're working, and how do we and we make sure that they can have some flexibility in even swapping shifts. So if they're going to call out sick, no more do they have to to call their manager and say I'm going to be out sick. They go onto the tool, they they mark themselves as sick, the shift opens up and someone's able to pick it up instantly. 
to work even, you know, 10 minutes from now. That's been a, a, a huge initiative for us that we're seeing uh, tremendous traction and, and we'll be uh, rolling out here to, to many of our locations throughout, uh, throughout 2018. That's, that's really interesting. So, so your use of workforce planning is um, kind of shift in schedule management. Uh, do you have, uh, there must be inside of, of Ronstad, um, a group that, thinks about long-term requirements for yeah. for a company, right? That, which is the other definition yeah. of workforce planning. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's, yeah, that's definitely my, my definition is very much more on the, the scheduling and, and demand planning side. We also have um, our integrated talent management group that works with our clients and it's much more of a consultative discussion where we help them really strategize as to where the market is going. We have tremendous amounts of research that we do around Workforce 2025 and, and where we see the, the world of talent going. Um, and we partner with them to really dis- derive workforce strategies with their CHROs and CEOs to ensure that they understand the market, what the where the high demands are, where there's uh, flexibility, and and how to really build a, a strategy around uh, the workforce. And more and more companies we're seeing are, are now using analytics and and really getting better at predicting what's their where where their talent workforce is going, um, what changes they're seeing or trends they're seeing that uh, need they need to adjust for and moving all of those pieces forward. And we collaborate closely in, in those types of uh, workforce planning as well. Some, I, bet, I bet there's a group in Ronstad that, that looks at this question set for the recruiting profession. I'd love to have we a do. conversation with you on the, on, on the radio show about the sort of yeah. uh, future uh, of the recruiting profession. But we're... Mm-hmm close to the end of our time together. So remind me what the two things were that you wanted listeners to remember from the conversation. Yeah, really it was around our our brand promise of human forward and how we're bringing technology and the the human interaction and and best experience to life. And that's uh, an evolution or digital transformation that we're going through. And then second is our really expertise in the market and all of the different areas that uh, that we touch from technology, engineering, finance and accounting, um, human resources, legal, life sciences, manufacturing, office administration, uh, MSP, RPO, and, and also uh, outplacement. So quite a breadth um, within the U.S. and a span all across the, the country. Fantastic. So would you take a moment and reintroduce yourself and tell people how they might get a hold of you? Definitely. And again, I'm Alan Stukowski. I am uh, Chief Digital Officer for Ronstadt North America. To reach me, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at Alan Stukowski or on Twitter at at sign Stukowski. And uh, feel free to reach out to me. Thanks. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, Alan. It was a, it was a, an insightful conversation, and I'm kind of astonished at the breadth of Ronstadt's interest in technology. Thanks for thanks again for That's taking great. the time. Thank you, John. Would love to talk more. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks. Uh, you've been listening to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations, and we've been talking with Alan Stokowski, who is the Chief Digital Officer at Ronstadt North America, and Ronstadt 
is shaking things up with a lot of really interesting technology plays. Thanks for listening in and have a great weekend. We'll see you same time next week. Bye-bye now. Mm-hmm.